If you're at all curious what it's like to start an ad agency at the worst possible time, this might be the podcast for you. That's because I started one last year and my God, it is hard. So what I'm doing is I'm talking to people who have found success in our industry and then applying what I learned to my own life and business. If it doesn't work, I'm screwed. Well, it's definitely been at least a couple months since I've done an episode giving you guys a gush update. I'm sorry about that. The good news is we've been really busy. Um, the, I won't say bad news, but speculative news is we don't yet know if all that busyness is paid off yet. So we've landed some new clients. Uh, we've lost a client. Um, I brought on a business partner for a two month trial who I'm really optimistic about being able to, you know, help take us to the next level and make us like a profitable or more profitable because we are profitable right now, barely, uh, more profitable, profitable agency, all the businesses that we're in talks with um, at various points, some of them are farther along than others. Some of them have a contract that we're just figuring out the details on. Some of them have agreed to a proposal. Some of them I've just had one conversation with. Anyways, there's a, a large cleaning supply brand, a premium sex toy brand, a tattoo bomb, a hard seltzer, an online education business, um, the founder of Hydroflask Next Venture. We're doing something with Facebook. It's a nonprofit thing. Um, and uh, a White Claw competitor. So kind of like a hard seltzer as well. And we're also working with a uh, product startup. We're currently doing work with them to uh, do all the strategy and branding for them. And as well as doing strategy for a golf training product brand that will then you know, as long as that first milestone is hit and goes well, we'll move on to doing branding and then hopefully move on to executing a campaign. I think that as we've gone, you know, it's possible that Gush as a comedy ad agency, the vision will evolve. I don't really know. Not all the stuff that we're doing is funny. And so if the entire philosophy is funny makes money, but we're being hired to not always do funny stuff, you know, it's like, what am I leaning into uh, what should I do? But one of the things I want to get more focused on is creating content as a brand ourselves. And that's really this uh, this podcast. It seems like people were liking it and getting some value out of it. Um, it's really fun for me to do beyond just, you know, being a way to potentially promote the agency and grow a following for us and put ourselves on the map. It's really a way for me to connect with others, build my network and genuinely learn stuff. So I'm back, baby. I'm actually back. I, I think I'm back. That's me knocking on wood. I don't know if you could hear it. I could hear it because I'm right in front of it. So anyways, let's just, uh, let's just parse this out with updates across the episodes as things go. Um, I just want to give you a quick overview. And, uh, and yeah, let's move on to who our guest is. This is the founder of Kenny Flowers. He, his name is Kenny. He is an absolute delight. He's a smiley guy. He's really knowledgeable. If I had to guess, he's got a, a youngish looking face. I think he's probably a little bit younger than me. I'm 31, maybe not. But he is, uh, in my opinion, wise beyond his years. Um, I always like to look at these as mentor sessions that I share with the world. And this guy is absolutely a mentor, you know, age, age agnostic mentors, if that's uh, if that makes any sense. So anyways, 
definitely take a listen. He's built a really successful company over the course of six years. Uh, it's growing a lot, and uh, there's a bunch of useful little nuggets. So without further ado, Kenny of Kenny Flowers. So I, I started an ad agency right before COVID, and obviously it's a difficult time to do it, but there's that interplay of personal branding, having a shadow or whatever, that ancillary effect on your actual brand, particularly when your name is Kenny and the brand is Kenny. And then this opportunity to like get your name out there through speaking gigs or being on the news or whatever. So how does PR play into your strategy? How'd you get this ad week uh, opportunity? Honestly, I'm not 100% sure, but what I understand is that basically like some people that work there love wearing Kenny flowers and we came to mind when they were thinking of some young up and coming brands so to me like press strategy since the beginning I wish I focused more on it in the first couple years I honestly just didn't even know what the word press meant Mm -hmm. um from a business side there weren't any like e-commerce playbooks back in 2015 of like get press it can really help we just kind of like have focused mostly the, especially those first couple years and like always on like, Hey, how can we make the best product we can? How can we pump people up for every chance they get to wear a Hawaiian shirt and kind of let that lead from there. And I, I am pretty like amazed at what can happen organically through that. Like, for example, you never know if someone buying might be talking to somebody else about which, you know, founder to have on to talk about creative branding in 2020. In general, like I, I'm all about like getting podcast speaker gigs. I haven't been like pursuing them as much. It's usually more if somebody reaches out at this point. But hey, I mean, I'm super excited about it. I think for me as a founder, I always go like back and forth between like, there's so much I have to be doing. Like I'm a busy, busy, busy guy. And also like, hey, I I should probably try to share a little bit more about like what I've been learning this year, last year, since the beginning. So, I mean, just personally, I'm trying to morph a little bit more into that where, yes, it's go, 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 like building a business, being an entrepreneur is not easy. It's hard. It's fun. It's rewarding. But also like there's something to sharing it and helping others on their journey too. And it also feels good. You mentioned the whole econ thing. So obviously like you refer to it as a D to C, right? Direct to consumer econ business. That's the pro- yes. correct way to say it. So, you know, some of our clients and maybe upcoming clients are in that space. I should 100% know that it's DTC, but what in your opinion from a, a marketing or not marketing perspective goes into having a successful econ business? I know that's not an easy question to answer, but just in general. We're living in a time right now where people are, you know, they're sitting around like more so than say they were in 2019. They're interested to know what's out there. They want to, they want to see and discover things, but also every company in the world is trying to be online right now. So in order to have a like successful direct to consumer business, you really have to have a product that stands out and that serves a niche and that you're getting that in front of the right people. So for us, like it would do no good if we were, you know, if we were just reaching an audience like on Facebook, that's say 80 to hundred years old, like that wouldn't click. But for us, it's like, we're, you know, an Instagram era brand, there's platforms popping up every day. You know, there's TikTok, there's Clubhouse, there's this and that. It's like, whoa, how do you position yourself here? But you have to know who you are at your core, where your customers are. And really just make sure that you have 
a product that clicks and works there. And you're, you're competing against a bunch of people too. Like in 2015, Kenny Flowers was really the only new Hawaiian shirt company that at least I knew of. Now there's ones popping up every day. It's a more saturated market because the style has gotten a lot more popular. So how do you differentiate yourself? How do you make sure your imagery stands out? In our case, like we make our product on an island. Like our shirts are literally made on an island to put you in an island mentality. They have coconut buttons. They have fun prints that are made like specifically for you to go enjoy yourself. And a lot of people are just kind of making more cookie cutter, say shirts and doing it on a white wall background for their photo shoots. And for us, that's what helps us stand out. What we want to do, especially in a year like 2020, and as we're like kind of hopefully getting back to a little bit more of like call it new normal in 2021 like we want people to like be putting themselves in the places they want to be um when they see our shirts when they see our product if if that kind of helps helps guide the combo so when you started out were you just running ads and testing things out and then over time you evolved or did you kind of hit it out of the park right away and you were making money what was the start like as an e-commerce business the start is a, it's a hustle. I mean, I went from having a corporate job, a consistent salary to that being fully cut off. And I was on the ground in Bali for a few months with no fashion background, no like business plan, figuring out how to make a better shirt than what is out there. And how can I give a like more modern touch, get a better fit, funkier print, softer fabrics than, you know, what the competitors at the time had. And for me, it wasn't, I didn't even know about Facebook ads or Instagram ads. Like that wasn't a part of the equation. Like it was a fully like bootstrapped effort. So my like initial $12,000 that I had basically went into making a few hundred shirts and supporting myself living for three months in a place with a good standard of living, you know, over in Bali. So for me, it was like mostly those first customers, like, like, I wouldn't say it was like a success out of the gates. Like we had 300 shirts in the first round of production, but my friends, my family were the ones that were, you know, ordering them, but also telling their friends in the office, you know, getting those questions once they were wearing them out at bars, at music festivals, et cetera, dude, where'd you get that shirt? And that was really what helped fuel our initial growth. I'd say our trajectory has not been that, hey, we went absolutely viral, like we nailed our million dollar Kickstarter campaign, sold out $10 million worth of shirts in a year. Like that's not, that's not our story, nor is that the one that I was going for from the beginning. It wasn't like, hey, can I get rich in a year? It was mm-hmm. like, how can I establish Kenny Flowers, improve ourselves year over year, grow at a rate where we don't throw things off or do anything too bad, but like, you know, goals change and this means different things at different sizes of companies but we've tried to like from a revenue side like 3x every year versus some companies that are like let me 10x i have this factory in china that can make as much as we need like we're good to go like we've grown our factories with us the first one we worked with we were a small fish and like an eight person factory and now we're their only client and there's 50 people working there. So we've helped create like reliable work like year after year after year and help like create jobs there. For us, it's like doing things the right way at each step and making sure that our end goal isn't to sell to a company 
two years after starting. It's like, how can we establish ourselves over our whole lifetime, be around, span generations, and hopefully live on past the 2000s? Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 3Xing every year sounds like a good steady way to go. It's um, starting to get a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. In good ways. That's great. Um, so when you, like, obviously, as, as you've grown and, and now you're in a place where you're like, help build a factory in Bali and stuff, which is awesome. Have you hired agencies? Have you spoken to a lot of ad agencies? What's that process like? How do you find mm-hmm. them? Have you had bad experiences? Have you had good experiences? That's a really good question. I do work with agencies now and I have for the past few years. We are a remote company. And like I said, like we've bootstrapped from the beginning. It's not like, hey, we have funding. So, I mean, I think a lot of working well with agencies is making sure you guys are on the same page in the beginning and understanding like we're not going to be your give us any bill and we'll just pay it and move on type of company. Like we need to like see the growth at each stage also understand our vision and that we do want to be bigger. Like if we're a small client for you now, like we want to be one of your favorite clients to work with and biggest ones in a couple years and a few years, I think there's a huge benefit to it, which is like email or something, for example, like to send out like a professional, amazing email. There's like a lot more work that goes into it than people probably realize ranging from like, strategy to, you know, what time of day do you send? How should you do the subject, the preview line? But then also you need a designer, you need more of like a copywriter. And a lot of companies fall into traps where they think there's one person that can just do it all. And I think the benefit of an agency is you can have like professionals at each bit. They're not full-time employees, but for what you need an agency for, you can get like professional work at all parts. First, if we were doing it in-house, we'd need someone with graphic design experience. Okay. That's one hire. Okay. We need like a copywriter. That's another. We have had a lot of success for us being smaller. For us, it's really important like to have incentives so that they feel a part of our team. Of course, every agency, like they want you to succeed, but I I want them to be like hitting our goals with us and getting rewarded when when we do do that. I guess when you're like, all right, I think maybe we need an agency. Uh, How did you even go about finding one? How many did you talk Mm -hmm. to? What was the first type of agency you, you thought you needed? I feel like I get 10 new digital marketing agency emails per day in my inbox. And it's not that I'm like, hey, no, I don't want to work with you. It's just kind of like, well, what do I do? How do I tell you're different? And each person we've worked with has usually been more like referral based, which to me makes a big difference, like a warm intro, whether you're trying to get your name in press or you're trying to pick out an agency or you're trying to hire someone to work on your team, like whatever it is, like warm intros matter, networks matter. For me, like it's when do you want to add a new skill set to your resume and when is it better to offload? And some of the best advice I got when I knew I wanted to be doing Facebook ads, but I didn't have the money for an agency. I didn't have uh, the skill set myself. What do I do? And I was like, I should probably learn it up myself. So I, I took on like that task. And I actually found a really good blend of like finding an agency that does a really good job with a different niche and just getting like a consulting hour per week with Mm -hmm. them on, Hey, like these are the things you should be doing. You should create three new ads that go to this audience. So, you know, like they were just kind of guiding me. So I at least understood the language and understood what was happening in the account 
versus just handing it off and having no idea what's going on and just like hoping it works. Um, right. And then through them, I was able to find an agency that more like took it on full time. But I think finding the right one means you need to know the language or else it might not be the best position for you as a client. You need to like understand like what your goals are and really just like, I think that's what helped me is understanding like how to run the account on my own versus when to like hand it off. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great answer. The one thing that um, there's a bit of a struggle with as the agency world evolves is this push and pull between like creativity and performance marketing, right? And does creativity, like genuinely does creativity matter? And I think that agencies are like, it does, but then clients are like, well, ultimately it really is just about sales. And like these numbers aren't showing that it matters. So I, I, I'm wondering, mm-hmm. in your opinion, how much do you invest in content marketing, doing like high-end videos that really feel strategic and on brand and get across a message rather than, you know, putting out a hard sell? How do you break down your focus there and, and why? I mean, I think like content is so important, especially for e-commerce brands. Like it's the photos on your site, I mean, video is really important, I think. Um, And I don't mean that to intimidate companies. I was intimidated from bringing video into the mix forever. I was like, cool, we finally understand how to take like good lifestyle photos and get that involved. But then the next step, I mean, with, with video, it makes a huge difference, I think. Like instead of saying, hey, we have soft fabric and a static picture, you can actually see the flow of the fabric. I think investing in content is incredibly important, but it's a two-way conversation with the people and the platforms that you'll be using the content on. Like now, before we go into a photo shoot or a video shoot, we're not just like figuring out internally what we want. We're asking our ad agency, hey, like, what do you want from us? Like, what helps you succeed? And sometimes it's video, sometimes high professional video works really well. Other times it's simply like a guy wearing a shirt, taking a selfie, being like, look at this new shirt I got. It varies and you really can't figure out what works best for your brand without testing it. We've had some things that were like, this is going to be a home run and it doesn't work. And we've had other creative that were like, fine, we'll test it out for $10 or something, you know, a day. And also it's like, oh, whoa, like, this is clicking. That's what can suck, you know, like as a creative yeah. agency, it's just like, I don't, I mean, you just don't know and you're able to yeah. find out, which is great. That's really yeah. important. But it's like, you could change one small thing about an image and it has a massive impact. You're like, why? And you can't always know why. Yeah. And, and I, I do think having like your brand guidelines or guides to what works well is totally important to have. So I have a section sometimes, uh, it's called son of a pitch. And it's where, you know, like I think for like 30 minutes about three or four random ideas, I pitch it to an owner. 10 is like, I got to have it. You're hired, which obviously, you know, that's not, uh, that's a joke, but uh, (laughs) you're hired is 10 and uh, my ears are bleeding is zero. And you just got to be honest. And some of them are going to be bad just to like test your honesty. Maybe all of them are going to be bad. Um, Oh boy. I've never gotten a 10. I don't think I've ever gotten a nine or an eight. So just, just to give you a sense. All right, ready? Rapid okay. fire? Yeah. Son of a pitch. So Kenny Flowers, or sorry, Kenny Powers for Kenny Flowers or Kenny Flowers for Kenny Powers, right? I, I keep fucking that up when I say it. Um, and this is one SKU 
and only one person could buy it. It's Danny McBride. And you have it on the website and you try to get press around this one Hawaiian shirt that you just made for him. And it's trying to launch a movement where like a bunch of people at him or like buy this shirt is basically a way to get like an unofficial spokesperson. What do we got? One, 10, five. I, I love it. That guy's a character. Um, I'd put it around a seven. It could get fine tuned. Seven could get fine tuned. Okay. <laughs> this one's called chick magnet. All right. So babe, let's just get right down to brass tacks here. Babes love guys. They can rock Hawaiians, right? That's why you got into this business. That's why we're talking. <laughs> so what if you sell a line of magnetized shirts and under the product description, you say that they're chick magnets. <laughs> On pure functionality. Uh, we'll go three. I like tight. the creativity. I like the framework. Tight three, tight three. Okay. Well, I'll end with this one. Don't worry. All right. So have you ever seen oh, 500 days, 500 days of summer? Um, no, but is that the name of like a biography? Something it's, you want to write? It's the name, <laughs> no, no. It's the name of a, a romantic comedy. And there's this scene okay. in it where it's like this, uh, Justin Gordon Levitt shows up to a party and half the screen is perception and half the screen is reality. And it's just going side by side. And it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. So, you know, in thinking about Hawaiian shirts, it's kind of like great memories chase you down. If you showed up to one party in a Hawaiian shirt, but you're also in an alternate universe, able to show up in just, you know, like a black shirt, a regular shirt, the type of experience that you'd have. So call it a commercial, but like for 30 seconds, you see this dude going through a party in a Hawaiian shirt and you got Hawaiian versus, you know, regular and you just see how the experience genuinely is different. Nine. 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 That's pretty For solid, sure. dude. All right. We got a nine. Yeah. Last one. Sorry. This one's more functional, less creative. But, um, you know, given that you're such a Bali-based brand, right? Yep. What if you partner with uh, the tourism board of Bali and offer a shirt to everyone that buys a, buys a ticket to Bali that they pay for? Yeah. Um a lot of different types of people come to Bali. Um, let's go. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go like two there. Two. I love the way you're thinking. They're very creative ideas. But some I'm like, oof, that's functionally tough. Yeah. Oh, big time. All right. So we got a 5.25, which is above average. Yes. Uh, that was son of a pitch for you. And awesome. I just have two more questions. I want to be mindful of your time. In terms of talking about brand, what was sort of the strategic process? If, if you guys like took time to really think strategically at pulling research or, you know, whatever that process was like for you, what was your strategic process to arrive at this idea of living your best life, kind of feeling like you're on a vacation, however you would describe your brand? A lot of it was just really kind of like authentic at its core. When the idea for Kenny Flowers came about, it just felt like everything clicked. Like it was my calling. It was the thing I was put on this earth to do. And the reason why is because all the answers around like the brand and what it was about were just like, they were there. Like there wasn't like a strategic session. Like we could probably fine tune ways I talk about it and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like, if I started a suit company people wouldn't buy suits from me. They'd be like, but he's a guy that wears Hawaiian shirts and like tries to get out of the office and go on vacation. 
it was at its core. It was just like, yeah, like this makes sense. Like Kenny is a guy that cares enough about Hawaiian shirts and Hawaiian inspired prints to actually go out there and try to create a better one. I always say like Kenny flowers is like my goal, like as a persona or person, like I don't consider myself Kenny flowers. Like I'm Kenny Hayesfield working hard to get to the Kenny flowers dream. So when you were starting out, like how long, you know, was it ever just you in the beginning and and how long did that Mm -hmm. last? And, you know, was it lonely? Did you feel isolated as a founder? Was it difficult? How did that time feel for you? Yeah. I mean, it was really exciting. I mean, I was kind of just out there in the world doing my thing and trying to figure it out. I love group environments. I love full offices and such, but I also like kind of needed that time in the beginning to just like focus and do my thing and kind of set it up and bootstrap it. And I wouldn't be able to do it without the help of friends, without my mom being the shipping department back in the States while I'm living overseas trying to make the shirts. And then of course, like over the years, like I think having my like fiance involved in really building out the women's side of the business is what like really turned things up a notch. The first year was super exciting because I had no expectations. I was just purely enjoying it and doing the best I could. The second year was like, okay, now what do I do to make this better? But not really like having those answers. And then the third year is more, you know, when, when she came into the mix, when we started like building out some warm relationships, we connected with bro Bible and pushed like floral Fridays with them from there. I think it is really when it started to build. And, you know, my goal, like one of my goals this year now, like we, I mean, we do have employees, contractors, um, you know, we're not a huge team. We're still very much like a small business at its core, but now all of a sudden it's like, Hey, my, my day-to-day of doing everything and being five departments has changed. And I have to really be focused on how does Kenny Flowers get to that next step? How do I help everybody on my team do better? How am I literally the best boss for them? Make sure everybody's pumped from from the factory to the customer success team to our marketers. Like it's really like every year it's a different business. And, and I do think that acknowledging and knowing that and being able to like kind of like mentally reset and understand like new responsibilities is important. The way that I like to um that I like to end is just anything I haven't asked you as a fellow entrepreneur to a newer entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. That you would want to leave me and whoever's listening with just, you know, one of the, one of the better nuggets yeah. of, you know, things yeah. that you've learned, you know, that sort of thing. For sure. I mean, I'll go with like one of my favorite quotes of all time. And it's this guy I met over in Bali that runs a school that I help with there, but it's just simply, it's like success isn't about comparing yourself to others. It's about comparing yourself to your past self and seeing improvement. And I think like entrepreneurs, it's so easy to look at the shiny multi-billion dollar company that popped up last year. It's so easy to get caught up in that, but it's really, really toxic on growing the best company that you can grow yourself. And really it's about kind of putting those like horse blinders on and just focusing on, Hey, how can I be the best entrepreneur today? How can I be the best for my company? And like, taking those times and moments to just reflect and think back. Like it's so easy. If you like say you don't hit a sales goal for a month or you don't bring on an extra client that you were hoping to, and you're like, shit, I needed to do that in order to hit like 
my goal this month. But then you look and you're like, okay, last year we were here. Now we're here. That's something to celebrate. That's something to get behind. We're moving in the right direction. We're doing it all right. So it's like, I guess in general, it's just, hey, like, I'm not saying take it easy by any means, but like focus on yourself and your mission and your company. The least you can get distracted by others, I think the better. That's great advice. And I need to hear it because I I definitely um, am competitive and that's a, that's a healthy, uh, healthy, great way to think about it. Well, dude, thank you so much. Uh, I learned a lot. I know that the people that will listen to this are going to learn a lot. You're a great smiley guy. Love the shirt. (laughs) I'll have to get one, but yeah, man, I'm looking forward to seeing your talk at uh, the challenger brand. Summit for sure. I'm really, I'm, I'm excited to get on and, and see what questions are thrown my way. Hopefully nothing too difficult, but I'm sure you'll field, field all of it really well. No, looking forward to it. Thanks for, thanks for reaching out. I'm glad we could connect best of luck to you. And, and yeah, anyone listening to this, like I said, it's, you know, if you're in a position to listen to this, you're, you're in a good spot and success is, you know, at your fingertips, but make sure you're, you're not getting too, too overwhelmed by all the forces everywhere. And you're just moving yourself forward in the right direction. Thanks dude. Holy shenikes guys. It's good to be back. Wow. What a conversation. I feel like I am getting better at talking by getting back into it. You know, a couple awkward moments for me there that you probably can't notice, but I sure can, uh, shaking in my boots, um, to a very minor extent, but I'm, I'm excited to bring you guys new episodes. If you like this one, click below and subscribe. Just kidding. You can't do that. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed, uh, doing it and looking forward to doing another one soon.